Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Welcome back. It is episode 21 of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. And we talk about all things cleaning up in life and in business. And of course, we have a great show for you today. I'm very excited about my expert guests in the studio with us today. And we are talking about the topic of improving productivity to improve profits. And I have Lauren Midgley in the studio with me. And after working for Fortune 500 companies for 25 years, Lauren Midgley observed key success and failure factors in businesses she was consulting with on a daily basis. She started her own consulting firm and wrote the book, It's 6 a.m. and I'm Already Behind, Strategies to Get Caught Up. When I heard the book title, I thought, okay, she has been reading my diary. (laughs) Welcome, Lauren, to the studio. Thanks, Debbie. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I am really glad to have you here because productivity is definitely a hot button for me in my life and basically for just about every entrepreneur I meet. It doesn't matter if you're man or woman, we're all struggling to be more productive. And I like the title of the show today, Productivity to Improve Profit. So I have a feeling you know a few things about productivity. I do, I do. And I know you speak uh, all over the place, um, talking about productivity strategies and helping businesses and, and employees be more productive. So the first question I have to ask you is, why do we get so overwhelmed and overloaded in the first place? What is going on with that? Well, if you think about it, it, we have a crazy busy world around us. And I like to say, I have yet to meet someone who is not fully overwhelmed. We have so many things hitting our inbox, hitting our voicemail, hitting our text message, everything is happening. And I like to say there's like three things that really are making it happen. One is either other people are overloading us, overwhelming us. Or second is we are overloading ourselves. We overcommit and we overwhelm ourselves. And the third area is truly the amount of new information coming at us on a daily basis or that we have the ability to access overwhelms us and we don't know where to start. That's exactly right. I mean, there is so much information out there. There's so much available. There's so much training. There's so much access that, like you said, we overwhelm ourselves. Then on top of overwhelming ourselves, we let other people overwhelm us with their agendas, their emergencies, their crises. And all of a sudden, we cannot be productive enough in business because we're so busy putting out other people's fires or putting out our own fires. So what skills should be mastered as a business owner to be more productive? What are those skills that we're missing? Well, I think at first, before we get to the skills, I think it really first starts with being intentional and having that intentional productive mindset. So wake up in the morning and you say, okay, Debbie, I'm going to make this a productive day and I'm going to be intentional at how I use my time in the way that serves me my family, 
in terms of how I want to use my time. You know, that seems so easy, what you just said, and it seems so logical to be intentional, but it's so hard because we don't wake up with a plan to be intentional, to be productive, you know, to have productivity in our life, and all of a sudden we're not. Right, right. And what happens is we wake up, we get started with our day, we get ready, we look at our calendar, and we get going, and I call it, we're somewhat sleepwalking through our day, meaning that we're on autopilot. We're just making it happen based on what commitments we've made, but we're not really thinking, is this day really serving me in terms of how I want to be productive? We tend to be reactionary. We're not planning a thing. We're reacting to everything else. Right, right. And here's why I have such a passion about this, Debbie, is that At the end of the day, I think that there are millions of people who go to bed at night and they start thinking about all the things that they didn't get done. They beat themselves up. And I believe we don't get as good a sleep as we could because we have anxiety about, oh my gosh, I didn't get the most important thing done today that I needed to get done. And it happens to all of us. It really does. Productivity anxiety. That's exact. I mean, I can tell you, I've gone to bed many a nights Mm -hmm. thinking about all the things I didn't get done. Definitely not celebrating the things that I did finish. Exactly. But analyzing all the things that were important that I intended to do and for various reasons Mm -hmm. they never got done. You know, that's a real frustration. So how does one minimize I assume it's distractions. I'm not really sure what you're going to tell us is causing all of this lack of productivity, but how do we minimize these distractions, whether we're an employee of a company or the Mm -hmm. owner of Mm -hmm. a business? Mm -hmm. What do we do to keep from just reacting to everybody else's needs instead of planning our productivity needs? So it really does start with the intention. And then the second skill, if we can go back to that for just a second, it really starts with the skill of saying, being clear yourself as to knowing what you want to get done that day. So let's say you wake up and you look at your calendar and it's crazy busy. And let's say there's no white spaces in there and you are going from appointment to a meeting, to a phone call, to a conference call, to a little block of time to do emails to, I mean, you're just running, running, running. Typically that's what we're doing. And so the thought is to say, how can I really stop myself before I get started and think about, is this what I want to get done today? Um, and, and think about the, uh, the importance of each one of those meetings. And I think the one skill we all have to get better at is being able to say no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and say, you know, th- either this is not serving me or maybe I need to delegate someone else, go in my stead or handle this phone call. And if that's not, you know, capable of happening, then in fact, you just indicate to that individual, this isn't working for me right now. I'm working on a big project. I just, t- actually, I just spoke to somebody yesterday. They were they were on a 60-day project uh, and they had to, um, you know, reallocate all the things that they were going to do uh, because they couldn't accomplish what they couldn't get get what was needing to be done finished right. because of all the other right. things. You know, you mentioned that as a skill, and I don't think most of us think of it as a skill. That being able to say no is a skill, 
And if we're saying yes too many times, we're mm. sabotaging our own productivity. Absolutely. And the art of saying no is, I think it has to be delicate, it has to be uh, with dignity and honoring the other person. But there are times, there are things that we absolutely should not be doing. But we, we say yes, but we really mean no in, in our head immediately there's a trigger it's like oh, why did I commit to that exactly and you shake your head and you're like oh or we say yes to things we really want to do yes to meetings or events or interviews or whatever we say yes to things we want to do but they're not going to help move us forward exactly or your business forward or exactly. your business forward right or your career right Exactly. So well, the first thing is really understanding what do I need to say no to and find a way to say it with the proper language that honors that other person. Hey, Debbie, I really appreciate that you've asked me to be on this particular committee. But right now, with all the projects I've got going on with my life and my business, I wouldn't really do a good job on the committee. I think you need to ask somebody else. That is a great way to say no, because it, it doesn't it doesn't send the message that I'm too important and too busy for you. It sends a message that says, I respect you too much to do a poor job. You deserve better than that. Exactly. Exactly. So I think one of the skills is finding the right languaging in order to say no. Or another way of saying, Debbie, I can't get to that, what you've asked me to do this week, but I have some open space next Tuesday. Would that work for you? And so in a sense, then we're kind of negotiating a little bit. I've said, yes, I'm going to do it for you. I just can't get it done for you this week. And so I'm negotiating as to would Tuesday work for you. Right. And, you know, I've even had to decline some meetings because I knew it was a meeting I was not interested in, whether it was a meeting to do business with someone or a person I did not want to do business with. And I've had to find tactful ways to decline and basically, I've tried to say, I don't want to waste your time. And that is not where my business is right now. And I, I feel like your time is valuable and you need mm -hmm. to be able to spend it with someone who's going to be able to work with you on this project. Absolutely. And that's perfect. But the skill truly is figuring out how to say that. Because if you have a crazy busy schedule and you're doing things that you would really rather not do, then that's the one skill you need to master. Well, I love the idea of mastering the skill of saying no, because it's very easy to say yes. In fact, it doesn't take a skill to say yes. It really does take self-discipline and courage to mm -hmm. say no when you need to say no. So I know you're going to stay with us after the break. I can't wait till we uh, take that break and come back, because then we're going to identify the real problem in productivity that keeps us from making more money. So stay with us. Was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and really on the web at debbysardone.com. But I must be moving on. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. The Center for Animal Research and Education is a nonprofit providing a permanent home to over 50 abused and abandoned big cats in DFW. Come out for a tour and meet our amazing lions, tigers, and leopards. For more information, go to carerescuetexas.com. You're listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. 
You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back. It is Debbie Sardone, and I am your host. And we are talking today with Lauren Midgley, a productivity expert and the author of It's 6 a.m. and I'm Already Behind. And oh my goodness, I feel that pain. (laughs) So it's so exciting to have an expert in the studio talking about productivity because that is so near and dear to my heart. Thanks for staying over for the next segment. Thank you so much, Lauren. Absolutely. And today we're talking about improving productivity to improve profits because quite honestly, that's really what it's all about. If you're in business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you own your own company, you have to be productive to the level of profitability. And that's why we need to be productive. And so oftentimes people don't even realize that there is a problem with their productivity and how it affects their profitability. So speak to that a little bit for us. So for example, Debbie, let's say there's a leader that is, or a business owner, and they're spending time in their business on things that really are areas that could be delegatable or areas that they really shouldn't be spending time on. Uh, I, I like to call it, it's, you know, you're doing the $10 hour work when in fact, as the owner, you should be at the higher level of marketing the business. Uh, we should be clients. doing 300 to $500 an hour work. And here we are doing $10 an hour. Exactly, work. exactly. And so and, and that's what your mind and your your strategies really, you know, speak to your particular expertise. And so oftentimes when I work with a particular business or client, I start with who's doing what. So tell me about, you know, who does what tasks. And and that's a real clear way to dig in and understand who's doing what and are they in the right role, if you will. And oftentimes we're not. As an owner, sometimes we just roll up our sleeves, we dig in, and we spend time on things that we really shouldn't be doing. We get stuck in that technician's mode. And that's in my consulting business, I work with cleaning business, cleaning company owners all over the world. And one of the first things I help cleaning business owners do is get out of the field. Mm -hmm. If the business owner is still cleaning the accounts, they can never grow the business. And I ask them that exact question. Why are you doing $10 an hour work when you should be doing $500 an hour work? Maybe they don't even feel that their time is worth $500 a yet or uh, an hour yet. Right. And what happens is people feel comfortable. They know that job, whereas the, the 300 or the 500, it may stretch them and their skills to step into that role. But you're right. If, the, if you're not doing that, the business isn't going to go to the next level. And in fact, you may be running an unprofitable business as a result of that. Exactly. And oftentimes the business owner does not calculate their own time. And that is an expense to the business, but they see it as free. And oftentimes I've shown business owners how you are not paying yourself for all this technician's work that you're performing. If you started paying yourself for technician's work, now you're actually operating in the red when they thought they were profitable. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's one of those things of looking at who's doing what role and what roles are not getting done. Because I will tell you from a, and, and, and why, are, you know, why are those roles not getting done? The answer comes back, 
well, I just don't have time. Exactly. And so it's saying, okay, well, what block of time do you as the owner have? What are you doing and to, to promote the business and move that business along? And if it's not the right tasks, the right efforts, then you, in fact, are impacting your profits. One of the things that I talk to business owners about is the cost of lost opportunity. Most people will calculate ROI. They'll, they'll spend money on marketing and they'll be able to calculate their return on investment. But very few people understand how to calculate lost opportunity. One of the examples I'll give a cleaning business owner is if you've spent several hundred dollars on marketing, but an employee calls in sick or quits, so you go out in the field and you clean the accounts all day long and you let those new customer prospects roll to voicemail all day. At the end of the day, you're either too tired to return the call and you wait till the next morning, or you return the call that night. You don't even realize it, but you've already lost those sales. And if you calculate, if your average prospect that comes in the door, maybe 50% of them convert, and you had four prospects that went to voicemail, and none of them converted, and normally you would have converted two of them. Well, for most of us in the cleaning industry, each one of those clients, if they signed up for recurring service, were worth $3,000 a piece. Right. So while the business owners out there doing that, quote, $10 an hour work, even though there's really no such thing anymore, it's easier to say, right. uh, they're out there doing $10 an hour work when the reality is about $6,000 in prospective business was lost while they were cleaning those accounts. And what does that impact? That impacts profits, and that impacts the ability for that business to grow and expand. So the bottom line, the bottom line. So help us identify how do we stay focused on sustaining those profits in our business using productivity? How do we stay focused? Because there's always a crisis pulling at us. Absolutely. So it's, it, it goes back to what are you intentionally doing in the business? And if in fact you see, let's say a consistent crisis happening, then that consistent crisis, you as the owner need to get to the bottom of why is this problem recurring and fix that problem because it will continue to recur. It will continue to pull on your time to go fix it. But if it's a consistent, then maybe there's a system that needs to be in place. Maybe there's a routine. Maybe there's someone in your organization that needs to be assigned to that type of problem situation that keeps recurring. So stop solving it with the wrong solution. And the wrong solution is to pull away from your productivity at higher level work that only you, the owner or the manager, can take care of. Can do, exactly, exactly. So I like to say if you see consisting, consistent crisis is happening, or uh, said another way, if you as an owner have a key frustration, and I always like to use this example because it's perfect. You have a key frustration, and that is working with Zach. And Zach consistently is not doing the job that you've hired him to do. He's not doing what you've asked him to do on a daily basis. Doesn't really have the energy for doing the job. That and wouldn't be our Zach now, would it? Our, our show's producer. Different Zach. Different, <laughs> different Zach. Zach, yeah. But, but if consistently <laughs> you as an owner are frustrated with somebody who is in your employee and you're a small business and you probably have a small team, that's okay. Each person needs to be very productive. So if you as the owner allow that key frustration to persist, shame on you, 
because you need to make a business decision with regard to Zach. Either he's going to step up and be productive or not. And if he's not, you know what you need to do. You need to replace Zach. And all too often, business owners fall into the trap of, well, I'll just go do it myself, or I'll go finish what he started, or I'll go fix what he or she did wrong instead of addressing the the issue long term. Right. And so that all tracks back to productivity, the owner's time of dealing with a situation that you know you know the business decision that you need to make. And so it, it's one of those things of that and as an owner, you you continually deal with somebody's lack of performance. It takes your time, and it's not getting at what I believe is the most important thing in a business, and that's the customers. So he's not showing up right with the customer. You may not be showing up right because you're dealing with the, the issues between uh, an unproductive employee. And everything suffers. Everything suffers. And so you have to deal with it. And so I like to say to owners, do you have any of those recurring, persisting problems, crises that come up all the time? What are they? Let's deal with them. Let's solve it. And or do you have any employees who are not truly productive contributing to your profits? One of the things I like to tell my clients is you need to take a bird's eye view of what's going on. And anytime there is a chronic problem in your company and you're looking at it as an isolated incident, then you're ignoring the fact that from a bird's eye view, you would see this problem repeating itself over and over and over again. That is preventing you from making a change or creating a system or implementing a policy to prevent this chronic problem. I mean, we all have rare situations that come up once every five years, but if something keeps coming up either every day or every week or, or on a regular basis, then there's a system failure for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what do we want that owner to do instead of the, uh, you know, dealing with those problems, the chronic problems? We want that owner to uh, be working on the marketing, being out in the marketplace, attracting clients, uh, maybe dealing with the high uh, volume clients to retain them. You talked earlier about the lifetime value of a customer. And, and you know, how do you provide the proper service so that they continue to be part of your company and contribute to profits. So really identifying those high level productivity tasks that only the owner can do and stop spending so much time on tasks that you can hire others to do that maybe you're not even as good at anyway. You should stick as the owner to the things you're really good at that really produce, that bring in the profits or secure those contracts or, or solidify those relationships. So as the owner, if you look at your calendar and you're doing those tasks, the, the lower end that we were talking about, that's exactly your clue knowing that you need a change in your calendar and in your mindset. You know, we all need to hear this, and uh, we'll be back after the break with Lauren Midgley to talk a little bit more about productivity. And after the break, we're going to talk about the number one reason business owners are not productive. We'll be right back. If you're enjoying this episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, give us a rating on iTunes today. 
Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safe around pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. Be part of the movement that is standing up to cancer and get the new Stand Up to Cancer app for iPhone. Visit the App Store or download by texting STAND to 31826 and tell the world who you stand up for. Message and data rates may apply. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back. And today we are talking about how to improve productivity to improve profits. And we are talking with Lauren Midgley, who is a productivity expert and the author of It's 6 a.m. and I'm Already Behind. And she's been helping us navigate this topic of productivity, which I know really every career-minded person, but especially entrepreneurs, struggle with is productivity and time management and knowing which tasks to do, which tasks to let go. And so when we left after the break, we said we would come back to answer this question, and I'm anxious to ask the question of, so Lauren, thank you, first of all, for staying over for the next segment. Absolutely. And so what is the number one reason that business owners are not productive. What's going on with that? What's going on with that, Debbie, is prioritization. It's the fancy word of priority. How do you figure out what I sh- what you should be working on? And it goes back even to the Stephen Covey's, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You know, what's urgent, what's important, and that whole grid, if you remember that from that book from long ago. But what's important to know and what we don't do as well as we could is the uh, identifying the priority of here's, here's a situation, here's a task. I absolutely need to get those two or three tasks done today to the exclusion of everything else. Because what happens is sometimes we work on things we like to do. We say yes to things that are comfortable, that are easy. And we don't always jump in on the things that are most important for the business. Kind of like Brian Tracy's Eat That Frog, which I absolutely love that book. And that is where he talks about when you have some important things that have to get done, do the one you hate to do the most, the biggest, ugliest, hairiest frog on your list, and eat that frog first. And because if you eat that frog first, the rest of the day is a piece of cake because you did the worst first, right? Exactly. And, (laughs) you know, that is so true. It's just a human nature kind of a thing. We want to do the stuff we like. I have oftentimes had a day that I needed to get a lot done, and I found myself doing the stuff I like that's fun instead Mm -hmm. of doing doing the, the stuff I hate to do that's boring and hard. And half the afternoon goes by and I'm, I'm thinking I did not start on the projects I have to do. Right. And Or you walk out of the office, it's five o'clock, and, and you walk out knowing that you did not finish them. And you don't feel so good. You, you know, the, you're discouraged. The, you're beating yourself up. Exactly. exactly. And it all goes back to what you just said, prioritizing. Because if we don't prioritize, then it will prioritize itself based on what we like to do, based on what's easy, but not based on what's most profitable or productive. Right. And so for the business owner, linking in that the concept of time 
and clearly what's driving profits of the business is really important. So the question that the business owner asks themselves are, if, I, I, if I'm looking at my calendar today, is it driving profits in for the business? And if it's not, then why are you doing those particular activities? That's you know, the best point you could make all day, really, is the business owner is tasked with that. No one else is going to do that for us. That is being strategic, right. looking at my day and saying, why am I doing these tasks? These are not profitable. They're not necessarily moving me forward. And so then let's say as the business owner, you're looking at, and there's three really important tasks to get done that do drive profits for your business. Okay, well, how do you pick which one to work on first? And, 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 you know, and you really have to look at it. But what happens is those tasks, Debbie, get buried in our 50-item to-do list. And the to-do list is, I call it, a, it's, it's actually a master list. It's something we're going to do today, tomorrow, next week, someday. All of those things are listed there. And so the way to prioritize, the way to... And that list is long. It is long. And, and we get overwhelmed by it. We're overloaded. So the way to really sort that out is somewhat creating a separate list or another piece of paper and say, okay, of those three tasks, let's say I identify them as a business owner. This is really going to drive my profits and make a difference in my business. Which of these three should I work on first? And I believe if you sort them out onto a separate piece of paper, look at them, next step is truly identify how long will it take to do each task. Because oftentimes we don't do that. We just put it on the to-do list and we look at it and say, okay, well, this task, if I think about it, I might need a full hour to get this done. Task number two might be two hours and task number three might be 30 minutes. Right. You know, that is such a good point. We don't always think through the amount of time assigned to each task. Therefore, we feel overwhelmed. But like you said, one of those important tasks might be a 30-minute task. Right. And so you, then you look at your calendar and you say, okay, I do have a 30-minute block of time here. And I, I can put that task easily in there. Uh, one of the things I talk about in my book is it's called the capacity of time. And I always ask people... Do you really know what your capacity is just for, t let's just think about today. So for example, if I'm recording a radio show with you, and so that's an hour, and it took me, let's say, an hour to get here, an hour to get back to my office. So that's three hours out of my day. If in my to-do list, what I want to get done today is eight hours, I'm setting myself up to fail if in fact I want, unless I want to work an 11 hour day, right? So one of the things I always challenge people to think about is what's your capacity of time today? So you have some commitments that are non-negotiable, right? And so how can you, in fact, um, you know, figure out what time you really have? A, so if I only have five hours left of the day, then I need to figure out what are the best tasks for me to do to improve my profits as a business owner during those five hours. I think that is phenomenal because if we're not looking at the capacity of time as you describe it in your book, then we make these ridiculously long lists which discourage us because there's no way we're going to finish that list in a day. Right. Instead, 
go back to prioritizing, make shorter lists, identify the things that absolutely must get done that will move us forward, that will increase our profits, and then put a time on it. I'm, I'm very bad about that, not putting a time, that I need to spend two hours writing this blog or this article or 30 minutes calling these three clients. And typically, we either overestimate the ta- time it takes to do a task or we underestimate it. And what we need to really do, in another skill that we need to get in our head is how long does it take to do a task? So to write a blog, to write the first draft and then load it or send it to whoever's gonna load it onto your website, is it an hour? Is it? And if you do it repeatedly, just be cognizant of how long it takes. Exactly. So that you can plan in the future and be more intentional. Well, I would assume that getting these things done, especially when you set these goals and you prioritize, that one of the problems that we have in being productive in our day is that we end up inadvertently wasting time. And I'm sure you have some things to tell us about what are some of those common time wasters that we may not even realize. Right. So one of the, I always like to say there's like three major ones. One is email. uh, And second one is the I call it the social media internet distraction. And the third is um, just other people. So let's go back for just a second on email. What happens a lot of times, if we're in the office, we'll look at email, we'll live in our inbox for a while. And we'll, and, and there's a lot there. And Bad so habit. It's a bad <laughs> habit. So is there a way you can shift that habit that you look at it maybe, let's say, first thing in the morning, you look at it at noon, and you look at it at the end of the day. And and that's all that you, because it is easy to get lost in email, respond to things that are not all that important. Distracted, following through with other people's priorities and not your own. Right, exactly. Or your inbox is their agenda. I always like to say your inbox is their agenda. Exactly. Right. And, and do you need to look at email? Absolutely. Do you need to deal with it? Yes. Three times a day? Yes. Do you need to spend... But every five minutes? No. No. Right. Exactly. And in our phones, I mean, all that is just huge. So it can be it can be a time waster because it takes you away from, you know, your, your mind jumping. You're going from task to task, and that immediately impacts your productivity. One of the things that I found, uh, maybe it's been a little more than a year ago, was a tool on the internet that I have downloaded and I use, and it's called Sane Later. I'm sure there's other tools like it, but it's a box trapper. And only those emails that I am communicating with on a regular basis make it into my inbox. Anything that my Sane Later box trapper doesn't identify as somebody I regularly talk with, it goes into that trap and I only check it once a day. So it's less familiar emails, assuming they're not as important. So I want to talk a little bit about those bad habits when we come back after the break. If you'll stay with us, I can't wait to talk more about productivity with Lauren Mitchley. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and on the web at debbysardone.com. For America's wounded warriors, coming home can be a battle in itself. The USO provides ways for all of us to support our wounded warriors. Join us. Visit USO.org to learn how you can make a difference in their lives. 
everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. You're listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. And we are back with our final segment. We've been talking to productivity expert Lauren Midgley, and she's the author of It's 6 a.m. and I'm Already Behind. And we left off at the last segment. We were talking about the common ways that we waste time in business. And Lauren, we hit on email, which definitely is a a big time waster and a distraction, but it is a necessary evil. But you mentioned a couple of other ways that we waste time. So let's let's touch on those a little more thoroughly, would you? Sure. The second one was social media and the internet. And oftentimes throughout the day, we either are checking Facebook or we're going into the internet to research some information and we get lost and we get down a rabbit trail and We started out only to look at a couple of things, and then we look at the clock, and it's an hour later. Now we're watching a 10-minute video of a cat playing on the sofa with three dogs and a baby. Exactly. (laughs) Like, how does that happen? So so that's an area where we do, and we can all admit, we do waste some time, everybody included. But it, And so it's just, again, going back to that intentionality choice. And so you say to yourself, all right, I'm going to go check this LinkedIn profile, let's say, and, and not get distracted by all the other LinkedIn profiles on the right-hand side or whatever. And the posts. Right, and the posts. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, set a time. You know, just like, okay, I give myself five, ten minutes, go in, do this, and then come right back out. Because if you don't do that and you don't have intention about it, you'll get lost. You'll get sucked in. Right. So really set your up on a time limit with your social media engagement right and honor it to yourself it's right. honoring your own promise should we put that on our calendar each morning you could <laughs> I mean and you know there's a lot of people that use social media to do posts about their business right. and to communicate with their tribe it's important I, and so I'm not saying don't do it and I think that's where it starts that's the problem we start out with good intentions I need to go in and and post uh, on my Twitter feed and I need to go in and post on my business fan page oh look my granddaughter just did a recital let me click on that and watch right. And we're off and running. And so the intentionality is, well, I do want to know what my granddaughter is doing, but maybe it's after hours. So it's later that night, you know, that type of thing when you're, you know, sitting at home and you have your feet up kind of thing. So intentional. Exactly. Be intentional right. about the internet. Third area are other people. And it's just other people stopping by your office, other people calling you. I mean, in, in that it may not be as business related as you would want it to be, if you will. And people are interrupting you, interrupting your day. And so again, that's a situation where you just have to look at it and say, how do I monitor this? Um, it could be you know, that you say that I'm working from these hours, you know, from, you know, from two till four, I'm working on a project, 
please don't come by my office and distract me. I need to concentrate and focus and get this done. Um, and it, so it just it just depends. But other people do take our time. You know, that's a, such a great point because we need other people. So that's why it doesn't feel like a time waster. But I remember when I was trying to exit the day-to-day activities at my own company, Buckets and Bows Maid Service, if I was there and my door was open, people were coming in and talking to me and asking questions. I finally figured out, because I was actually physically there in those years, but I was working on other businesses, and I finally had to decide that I'm not here. I'm just using the desk. It's like I'm just renting this space from, from the office. So I would close my door and I would tell my office manager to let everybody know Debbie's not here today. Mm -hmm. And literally there was nothing they could knock on my door for. So they would have to go to the office manager or would have to wait till tomorrow or would have to wait until the door was open because I was building a consulting business and I was creating training videos and those were my priority. And there was no crisis that someone else in the office couldn't handle. And so I had to literally close my door and say, Debbie is not here. And that really made a big difference with people interrupting my day. And it allowed you to be productive to do what you needed to do as a business owner. And it actually allowed them to be productive because they're not coming to you when they could have figured it out on their own. They weren't asking me to answer questions that they already had the answers for. I had become a crutch in that Mm -hmm. office. It was just easy to go in and say, well, Debbie, how would you handle this? And at a certain point in my business, as I was trying to to create a business that ran without me, at a certain point, I had to finally stop answering their questions. Exactly. And I had to have a talk with my office manager. I had to say, look, if you catch me answering a question, you can come and call me out on it because this isn't my job anymore. They should come to you with a question. It's just easy. It's just habit to come to me. And so eventually, and and obviously we did it delicately and did it with some laughter and some kindness. But eventually I would say, I don't know, whatever you think. I don't know, whatever you think. And they got tired of hearing that and they would stop coming to me and asking me questions. Excellent. Excellent. So letting other people waste your time is really a big piece of improving your productivity, which, bottom line, is supposed to help us improve our profits. That's the whole point of improving productivity. And let's say even a business colleague that calls you and you and you do need to talk to them, but you know they have a propensity to talk for 45 minutes, an hour, when, when the conversation could probably be 15 minutes, 10 minutes, something like that. And, the, and again, finding the right languaging to say, hey, you know what, Lauren, I only have about 15, 20 minutes. Let's talk about what you, and, and so you've, you have up front. So defining the time. Mm-hmm. So right. you don't have to cut them off. Right, right. So they already know. Yeah. And it's like, or I'm headed into a meeting at one o'clock, so I've got about 10 minutes. What's up? Now, I have done that with some chatty Cathy's when I've mm-hmm. taken a phone call from someone that I know likes to turn a short story into a long story. Exactly. And I have said, now, I do have another consult right at, at one o'clock sharp, you know, knowing it's five till. So I don't want to cut you off. Go right. ahead and tell me what you need. <laughs> right. Or should we reschedule it another time exactly. that's more convenient for you? And even at that, you're going to bo- time box it. Right. And you're setting boundaries for right. that person. You're helping them not chit-chat. Right. Or waste your time because you have to get your, your list done that you've prioritized. Right. Um, and, and so obviously some of this has to come from a mindset. Right. That's what I'm hearing. A lot of these things are are a result of our not having a mindset, not having a priority list for productivity. So how do we adopt 
the productive mindset? So the first way is really going back to what we had talked about earlier about the intention and knowing that you have a choice. So that's the first part is intentionality and choice. And the second is, and I strongly believe this, that we need to go to bed at night feeling that we accomplished what we needed to accomplish that day and feel good about what we accomplished and tomorrow's another day. But and, and reverse that process of where we're not feeling good and or we're beating ourselves up or as you called it and I love it, productive producti- productivity anxiety. Yeah. It, it, I, I agree. Too many entrepreneurs go to bed filled with anxiety, mm-hmm. filled with frustration or guilt that they didn't get enough done. And it is this lack of productivity. They're not, we don't have this productivity mindset. Right. And we wake up at three in the morning and we don't want that. Right. So obviously we have to have a productivity mindset, but if we have staff, we need our staff to be product, uh, productive in our offices or in our business. So how do I know if my staff is productive? So as a business owner, you set the tone, right? So you're the role model. If you're, you know, handling things well, managing things well, then, you know, that's obviously important. But if your staff is procrastinating, I mean, if people are missing that report to you are missing deadlines, that's the first clue. There's something else going on. They're overwhelmed. They're not organized. They're not getting their job done. And, and really, it's of benefit to have them look at their productivity and how to fix that. But the biggest clue is if they're missing deadlines, or I always like to say the second one is giving excuses. Well, you know, you have a good point. As business owners, here we are working on ourselves. We're learning about setting priorities. We're learning about how to stop wasting time. It could be that those skills need to be applied and transferred to our employees who are also buried in lack of productivity. They think they're working hard, and they may be working hard, but they're wasting time or they're unproductive. Right, and all of that goes back to profits. I mean, it's going to track back to profits because it may take them, let's say, uh, you know, they might be working an eight-hour day, but they might only be really working three hours out of that eight. And profits are job security for that employee. So if you can help your employee understand that without profits, you don't have a secure job, and if you're more productive, we will have more profitability, then the owner can spend a little more time on the things that the business owner should be doing. Things like, you know, adding products or expanding your location. What what do you say to that? Right. Because again, if you are a business owner and you want to take your business to the next level, then, you know, your role is to look at, are there other markets that you're business, uh, you know, could serve? Are there other products? I call them adjacent products that would make sense for you to bring into the business that will add to the profits. Are there other services? That's what you need to be working on rather than some of the other, uh, let's say, time wasters, if you will. Right. Time wasters, lower level tasks, things that really are what we call that $10 an hour work. And that is a great point. Being more productive means if you master that skill, you are going to have the time to bring more ideas to the table, new innovations, more creativity. Or talk to your AAA clients because your AAA clients will tell you why they do business with you. They love you. They give you referrals probably. They're they're a longevity type client. They stay with you for a period of time. And so as a business owner, tap into that. Take the time to tap in to that mind trust. And I wish we had a whole 
hour to talk about how to tap into our AAA clients, but I think you've set us up for success by helping us realize as business owners, if we become more productive, we'll actually have time to go and focus on those AAA clients and move our business forward and improve our profitability. Now, we've been talking today to Lauren Midgley. She is the productivity expert and the author of It's 6 a.m. and I'm Already Behind. You can check that out on Amazon. Get the book. Get more productive. Make sure you stay tuned each week with Debbie Sardone on Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. We'll see you next time with more expert advice for your life and your business.